who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Keegan's back. I'm back. I missed you. I, I think missed I you said too. that like two or three times during the oh, last episode. God. I was just like, God, I miss Keegan. <laughs> it has been such a like whirlwind week. Yeah. Man, I'm so tired and run down. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm straining a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just like, ugh, I don't know what's what's wrong with me in my family road trips are just like the thing that you do yeah like you always road trip and so my family's the opposite yeah so I'm like (laughs) 11 hours like that's fine you know so we drove 11 hours spent one day with my family for my grandpa's funeral and then drove 11 hours home so um I'm really tired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really tired right now. Uh, But we thought we would do, since we didn't do a news episode, since we didn't do a news episode last week, we thought we would do maybe a longer one where we can kind of get more in the mud about things on this episode. Exactly. So. Because shit has been happening. Right. I mean, I think that this is going to be mostly a government shutdown talk yes. because that's what most of my notes are. It looks like that's what most of your notes are. Yeah, I've got like a page and a half on that, but I have a couple other things too. Yeah, I've got I've got some other stuff too, but I'm the majority of because it's yeah. so involved and I feel like it is constantly um evolving. Yeah. That there's a lot to cover. And there's just like such a shit storm surrounding it too. Like when I was watching the news earlier this week when he like walked out of the meeting. Oh, he's he's gone full temper tantrum. He's gone like, full like he's in full toddler Trump. toddler mode. For yeah. real. So just to kind of like get us started, this is the longest shutdown in right. record at yeah. four weeks since Bill Clinton. There was a government shutdown that lasted twenty one days. Yeah. Uh previously and that was the longest government shutdown. We yes. surpassed that last Saturday. Yeah. So we are now fully into the longest government Which, shutdown. Of course we are with the president that we have. Like yeah, of I course mean, there's gonna be like we're gonna have some shitty record. He to him. he straight up said that he would be happy 
to keep the government shut down for months or even years. Oh, my God. Which just drives home the point that he has absolutely zero understanding. He doesn't understand. And And he has no empathy whatsoever for what that means for so many families. Because it's like... 800,000 people didn't get paid. Right. And then half of them were furloughed and the other half are working without pay because they're needed. And it's like, can you imagine? Like, I also read that, like, all these TSA workers are calling in sick in, like, droves. Of course. We're not coming into work. I don't blame them. And the one good thing is that, like, Uber, Lyft, Postmates, they've been, like, reaching out to government workers and, like, to have them work for them. Right. But, like, I've worked Postmates before. You don't make the same kind of money. Right, no. You know, but it's, like, it's one of those things that's so frustrating is that he just lacks reality in realizing the detriment that he's creating by having these people lose their jobs. Yeah, I mean, and in addition to that, the whole... I was listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, and they played a clip of Sarah Huckabee Sanders' on Fox News, talking to a Fox News correspondent, where she was trying to drive home that we need this wall for border security. And she threw out this statistic where she said uh, 4,000 terrorists have come in through the southern border. And the Fox News correspondent stopped her. Really? And said, "Um, Sarah, I wasn't sure you were going to bring that up, but I actually did my research on this. And uh, they're not coming in through the southern border. They're coming in by air. And she kind of fumbled and was just like, they're coming in always. They're coming in 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 every way possible. And the truth of it is eight terrorists have come in through the southern border of that 4,000. Most of the rest of them have come by plane and guess who's not getting fucking paid right now? The TSA. Exactly. (laughs) So they don't care about stopping terrorists from coming into the country. The thing that they care about is the promise that he made to his followers during his whole campaign to build the wall. That was his big booming thing. Well, because he's done nothing else. He's done he nothing. hasn't locked up Hillary Clinton, because he no. couldn't, because that was a weak, empty promise. Yeah. And so this is something he feels like he can accomplish. Yeah. Even though it makes zero sense. It really does. Um, even border... The head of the Border Patrol was like, this This is going to be ineffective. He was yeah. like, we might need more money allocated to border security and create maybe a, a digital wall with more cameras and, like, infrared, like... Uh, That's gla- going to be even more money. No, no, no. no it not be? No, because it's not, like, actual... You're not going to build actual, oh, like... Oh, I get it wall, you know, you're going to set up more cameras, you're going to get better technology to control, you know, what we can see. But building an actual wall is going to do literally nothing. Yeah. And it's going to cost us so much money. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's, it really is to the point where it's like, we're at such a standstill because the Democrats will not budge and neither will Trump. Well, there's actually... The Democrats had suggested a, well, there was a bipartisan bill that um, is being stopped from going through right now. They're not allowing it to go through. Money had been allocated to border security. Yeah. It just wasn't allocated to a wall. Yeah. You know, and this bill had been agreed upon by even most Republicans. Right. It's just being stopped from going through. And even if it did I'm not exactly sure how this works, so don't at me. Yeah. But um, even if it did, I'm pretty sure Trump would just veto it. Yeah. If that's well, how that works. I'm not sure if there's a way to get around that. That's the thing. Like right now, he's focused on like all of his PR efforts to build support for this wall, 
and sell the government shutdown and wants to shift the blame onto the Democrats rather than like negotiate any sort of deal. Right. He walked out of shutdown negotiations. He had shutdown negotiations with Democrats. And as soon as they were like, listen, we're willing to to make other changes, but you're not getting this wall. He straight full temper tantrumed and and literally stormed out and said it was a waste of time. Yeah. And Mike Pence afterwards during his interview even just kind of looked like, how am I supposed to back this guy? Like just the look in his face. He was he tried. He did try. uh, He tried to back him. He, he was like, um, he, he tried to back him by saying that Trump was was being nice. He gave them candy. What? I didn't even hear that he, part. He, which he did. He like that's Trump, hilarious. Trump like put some candy on the table and was like, candy. Eh? 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 You gonna give me the now? Wall? You, now you eh? want to give me a wall, oh right? Because I'm being like nice to I you. I saw this hilarious photo of like an old fashioned Lego box of like a wall, like Lego walls, and Trump being photoshopped in there and I sent because like the boy I take care of is obsessed with Legos so I sent that to my bosses and I was like May, maybe Theo can help him out <laughs> like <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous it's just so ridiculous they've manufactured this border crisis um, yeah. to back their need for a wall but it it doesn't exist yeah it doesn't exist yeah and it's at the detriment of of so many people, and he's losing popularity because people who may have backed him, who are government workers, are starting to see that like he doesn't care about you, no, at all. He because cares even about if, this one promise that he made. Even if he truly thought a wall was effective, he wouldn't do it at the cost of your your and your family's like livelihood. Yeah. He would back down, yeah. you know, if he really gave a shit about you. Yeah. Um, but I feel but he like he—I feel like he just thinks though that if he could do this one thing, that all of the other supporters that he has, all the voters that he has, would remain with him if he were to run again in 2020. And I also think that he is desperately, in the worst way, trying to distract people from the Mueller probe and the Russia investigation, and yeah. trying to kind of change the conversation because yeah. now none of us are talking about that because we're all panicked yeah. about a, a government shutdown. Yeah. So I, I made some bullet points here about what to expect if the government remains shut down for an indefinite period of oh, time. Oh, good. Let's because give us the bad news. Yeah, again. economists are kind of freaking out a little bit about this because it's unprecedented. It's never happened before. We're yeah. already seeing issues with like the FDA is not. They don't have enough funds or manpower to ensure that like food is being regulated properly. Yeah. Um. So there's just a lot there's just a lot that's being affected right now. So yeah. if the worst were to happen and the government was to remain shut down for another month, uh-huh. let's say, or a couple of months, experts say thirty eight million low income Americans will lose food stamps. Six million face an uncertain time timetable for collecting tax refunds. So I'm like, fucking great. Because, like, I actually really need my tax refund this year. So fantastic. Um, Two million without rental assistance and facing possible eviction. Yeah. 800,000 paycheckless federal employees. Shuttered parks and museums while overstressed airports cause tourism to tank. Federal court system slows to a crawl. Disaster relief money doesn't get to storm-ravaged areas. Lapsed FDA and EPA inspections lead to dangerous outbreaks. Private companies looking to go public stuck in limbo, limbo and the stock market 
plummeting. Um, Mark Zandi, who's a chief economist at Moody's Analytics, says that if Congress and Trump can't reach a deal on raising the debt ceiling in a few months, it's, quote, game over. You'll have a pretty severe recession. You could start seeing some pretty dark scenarios worldwide based on our economy yeah. crashing. And when Trump was asked, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are landlords supposed to do? Yeah. Because now these federal employees who aren't getting paid aren't necessarily able to pay their rent. Yeah. Um, what would you do as as someone who has been a landlord before? Yeah. And he was basically like, I'm sure they'll just, I'm sure they'll, it'll be fine. They'll do the right thing. They won't, they won't evict them. They'll just keep but, them there without getting paid. No. It's not how it works. And that's also not how Trump. Because they're a business owner. Like that, if you're a landlord, that is your business. Right. And, and that's he, also not what Trump did. He would not do that. He at evicted all. people on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally a cartoon villain. He literally is. He's I can't. I mean, 2020 can't come soon enough. Yeah. I I'm mean, just... but in in the meantime, we're going to see massive repercussions. So people who yeah. feel like they're not being affected by this now, will start to feel the effects of this moving forward. Exactly. Um, It it does affect everybody, but he has such tunnel vision that he can't possibly understand that. I just don't think he cares. I just don't think he cares. I don't think that most of these people care because, you know, when you talk about people like Mitch McConnell or um, Paul Ryan, these people aren't not getting paid. Like, yeah. they're getting paid. Yeah. Um, so it's not really affecting them. As federal workers, like, it's not affecting them. Yeah. So they don't care. And, yeah, he must just still have so many people <clears throat> that are telling him that he's doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's probably surrounded by so many yes-men still that, like, he's willing to hold on to it. Right. But, I mean, like, even the Republicans are starting... They're start- oh, they are. They're starting to be like, look, man, we gotta come to a we got to come to some kind of conclusion. Yeah. Um, Whoever's going to be president next is going to have so much shit to clean up. Such a mess to clean up. Yeah. It's um, going to be like walking into like a worn down house with like mold and no yeah, like, foundation. Fixer and just, upper like, for sure. Okay. Where do I start? What yeah. do I do? Yeah. Um, kind of going off of that, uh, Julian Castro has decided that he is going to be running for president. He is a Democrat. He's from Texas. He was an Obama-era housing and urban development s- secretary and announced Saturday that he's launching a bid to become Democratic no- to become a Democratic nominee in 2020. He was the first Latina to deliver the keynote address at the Democratic National Convention in 2012. I'm listening. Yeah, and he goes, right now the Latino community feels attacked by this administration, and so of course there's a special significance to me standing up on this stage. And I think that's really poignant because Trump has made the Hispanic community into villains for a lot of people. So to have somebody with real world background and real political background who has a lot of really great ideas, which I'll get into, um, who's Latino, I think is amazing and definitely is going to piss off a lot of Republicans and Trump supporters. He's got an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, there's there we're 
getting a fairly diverse outlook for the future Democratic mm-hmm. nominee. I, which, I heard Kamala might throw her hat in yeah, to the ring, which yeah. would be crazy. Would be amazing. Yeah. You know, there's, there's these people who are finally, I feel like, getting voices in some small way and are like, this is my time that I have to stand up for my people, the Democrats, the people from their backgrounds, things like that. And I really love that that's happening. Um, He told Iowa voters that he would push left-wing policies like a Green New Deal and Medicare for All and pledged he would not take any corporate PAC money in the race. Oh, man. This is going to be... This is... I understand, like, these are our lives, so I'm not taking it lightly, but also, like, this is, like, my Super Bowl. Like, this this time, this is, like, my Olympics. Like, this time, like, leading up to the 2020 elections, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all of this. Yeah, I know. And it's going to be a race unlike... I think we've ever seen before yeah. because more people are going to stop taking corporate money. Yeah. Um, it's going to change the well, game. And it's like, I grew up not really being that involved in politics. And I feel like now it's like everybody's involved. Right. Everybody wants to know. So I feel like it's going to be one of those things where like everybody is so looking forward to this that it really is. It's going to be a the most deal. engaged yeah. election I think we've maybe ever seen. Hopefully the biggest turnout in hopefully, voters too. Hopefully. You know? Um, for the best. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, know? and if one good thing can come out of this shit show of an administration, uh-huh. it is that people are more engaged. And it yeah. is that we are going to see some very bright new faces um, emerge. Like like and I said, I, I freaking love Elizabeth Warren. I yeah. love her to pieces. But I'm also so excited to see people who aren't like... Career politicians. Yeah, or, yeah. like, I mean, she wasn't even really a career politician, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. kind of a very straight line, took a very traditional course to get where she is. Yeah. Um, it's exciting to see people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and these other people who are coming up right now. It's, yeah. It's very heartwarming to it see is. this start happening. People yeah. like Beto O'Rourke who aren't taking corporate funds. Exactly. People, well, uh, and he's going to be sitting with Oprah in February. Yeah. So, because he hasn't officially been like, this is what I'm doing to set but up. He's for just it. getting his feet wet. He is, yeah. So we, they're thinking that w- with this interview with Oprah, that um, this will be kind of his moment to, you know, come out and say what he's going to be doing. And we know about the Oprah. Oh uh, yes, the you know? Oprah effect. The Oprah effect. You so. know, I, our first Latino president would be like. Amazing. It would be huge. It would be so, like, it would change so much, I feel. Um, I don't hold out a lot of hope that it will actually happen, at least not right now. Um, Not in his first run, I don't think, just because the right is so racist. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. Like, racist. More racist than they've probably ever been. I mean, they're going to be dragged through the mud. Like, anybody who is a person of color who runs, I feel like is going to be dragged through the mud. Especially Latino right now. Especially Latino right now just because of, I mean, look how contentious this wall thing is. There are still people supporting this wall. Oh, well, speaking of which, that goes to my next point. You are just like... On it. Pushing me into all of my things. I love it. So, there was a GoFundMe account. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, I remember that. By Brian Colfidge. Rolfidge? Colfidge. I can't read my own handwriting. Who cares? Who cares? He's a piece of shit. So, 
Apparently now, though, GoFundMe is refunding $20 million raised in donations to build the wall because he decided to change where the money would go. So he wrote that rather than donating the money raised to federal government, it would be handed over to a private nonprofit, he said he had established in order to construct the wall himself. Oh, honey. Honey, no. And he promises to give a refund if his goal of a billion dollars was not met, which, like, that's pretty much all I have on that, but I just, I saw that article and I was just like, what the fuck? He's gonna build it himself? It's just gonna be you with some cinder blocks (laughs) and some cement? Like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with people? I don't know. But also, what's wrong with people who are donating money (laughs) to a fucking wall? Like, what's wrong with you? And they raised, like, several million dollars, and I'm like, you... You can't put this money towards like actually helping people yeah. in any real meaning yeah. meaningful way. Nope. What about those veterans that you guys are talking about caring so much about? Nope. You can't put money towards their mental health or not. their physical health. Of course not. No, you can't stop homelessness for vets. No, that's not not something you can put five million fucking dollars into. No, nope. like it's just so hypocritical and frustrating. It like really it's so is. frustrating because he he's again like that was his main campaign strategy was this wall. He has to hold on to the wall. Yes, he said a lot of other things, but there's such a symbol with this wall. Well, and the thing is, like, he was ready to approve their budget and, you know, what they had allotted for border security, and it did not include a wall, and he was ready to approve it. Yeah. uh, Until... We all know that the president gets most of his ideas via media consumption, usually like Fox and Friends or Fox News. And, or Twitter. And so, or Twitter. <laughs> and someone on Fox News said not to accept it until he gets his wall. And he was like, you know, you're, you're right. right. You're right. You're right, man. Thank you. I won't. You know what you're talking about. Um, and it's clear because some people on the inside at the uh, White House have st- said that they are just now grasping the scope of what a government shutdown really means. Like, yeah. I, they don't, I don't think they realized yeah. like, exactly what was going to happen. I, Trump for sure didn't realize, and no. I think the people closest to him also didn't quite understand. But it's one of those things where it's like, now you're in it so far, he's like, do I back down? You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah, like he's I don't one think of those personalities he where down. he won't back no, down. No, he, he won't back down. The people around him, I think are kind of at a pl- at a place where they're like, uh, what do we do now? Because yeah. I think that they thought the, the Democrats would cave quicker than yeah. this. And they are uh, sorely mistaken. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi is, like, not I having know. it. Oh, my God. I love... Wait, I have a quote. Hold on. I wrote everything out of his paper. She says, um, let's give Trump some time to think it through. Did I say think? Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's sassy. Yeah. Like, she's back in sassy, man. Like, yeah. she is... Totally in her element yeah, at this moment. Totally, so, totally. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting time. If you or your family is being affected by the shutdown in a negative way, um, I'm really sorry. Like, yeah. I hope it wraps up soon. I know. I hope or, something happens. Or your relative is able to find another job. Because to be honest, like, I I understand that these jobs are important and we yeah. need these people. But as a human being personally, yeah, I would you need leave that money. Yeah, yeah, I would I would quit this job. Like yeah. if it was not paying me and I can't pay my rent or my bills yeah. or feed my family, like I'd be like, "Listen, sorry." That's what it means. Yeah. But I I can't work for the TSA anymore. Yep. You know. Which is such a shame cuz we need them, you know what I mean? But Well, and it's making things very unsafe because also it's not just the TSA that's not getting paid. Air yeah. traffic controllers aren't getting paid. Yeah. 
Yeah. We kind of fucking need them. Yeah, we really, we really <laughs> like, fucking need them. Like, you're worried about a wall? People can fly over. Like, you know, there's so many things that we need. And most people who are in this country illegally are have people flown. who have flown here and overstayed their visas. Yeah. That's the, the majority of illegal immigrants, yeah. if that's what you want to call them, in this country are quote-unquote illegal because they came in legally with visas and then just didn't leave. Yeah. So it it doesn't look like the way the right is making it look. Yeah. You know, the optics of it are are just so... Are very wrong. Fucked up. So have you seen Surviving R. Kelly? I started it. I've seen the first two episodes. Okay, I saw the first episode. I did listen to um, a podcast that I love that I think I talk about a lot, Behind the Bastards, yeah. did a two-parter on R. Kelly. I did listen to it, uh-huh. uh, so I did get a lot of information of the details. Yeah, yeah. well, there's a big uh, movement going on right now, which is hashtag mute R. Kelly. So protesters had, like, a face-off between fans um, outside of his <laughs> Chicago studio. Fucking fans, I really? I know, right? This oh, is, yeah. This is the hill you want to die well, on? Cool. So, R. Kelly? Great. But, like, listen, so, like, the protesters are, like, chalking messages on the sidewalk being like, R. Kelly, your time is up, and black girls matter. And the white fans are holding up signs that say, R. Kelly, we heart you. It's so fucking stupid. It's so ridiculous. It's... <sighs> so, Illinois officials denied a permit for an upcoming concert set to be hosted by R. Kelly, which is the Spring Break Jam, and that's what made the fans upset, and then the protesters were there to, like, in support of it, and it's just, like, it's such a dumb thing to argue about. Like, it's such a... It really is. It's like, this is what you decide that you're going to put your right. foot down on, this R. Kelly. Right, this is the hill you're going to die on, Yeah, is R. Kelly. And this man is a monster. Like, and no one, no one is denying that he is a great talent yeah. and has given us a lot of... Great music. Great music. Like, yeah. no one is doubting that. Yeah. But the lives of these women and yeah. girls is more important it's more important and it i i'm happy that you know from the little bit that i watched and definitely from the things that i heard on behind the bastards like clearly these women have gone through tremendous trauma oh and it's it's so hard to watch yeah but i am glad that it has sparked a conversation not just about women and protecting women but protecting black girls and women exactly because Because it's so clear why they weren't taken seriously and it's so we don't care it's so racist it's so blatantly racist if r kelly was was doing this to white girls oh oh, my god it would be done yeah especially as a black man if he was doing this to white girls there's no way that people would have just been like it's fine or making jokes about it yeah there's there's just no way and that's it's such a blatant thing that is so ridiculous to me like how little we value these lives and it's so heartbreaking and you see these women on the show that are just having a hard time getting through it but they know it's important they know they have to talk about it but it's like they have to stop like it is hard and none of them got paid either like none of them got paid no this is all just to make sure that it is known and to also not just about r kelly but for there to be a stop to all of these people Mm -hmm. who are treating these young women, particularly black women, so horribly. Like objects. Something needs to change. I mean, they're being treated like objects. Yes. And for a long time, we've allowed um, celebrities 
to, you know, celebrities and sports stars to treat women like objects. Like, yeah. groupie culture yeah. is literally treating women like objects. Like, you yeah. walk, you watch, like, Almost Famous or you read, I've, I've seen excerpts of, like, Motley Crue's docu- yeah. um autobiography or whatever where they talk about like swapping women like and yeah. things like that where they're, they're or like um no which band was it there was a band that traded women in card games groupies they would trade group like that's what you would win if you're yeah. playing poker or whatever like literally treating them like objects yeah and it's just become such a part of our culture that we have accepted that and yeah. then on top of that black women have been so hypersexualized and fetishized. fetishized to the point where we just assume that they've asked for it or like even in that documentary or in some of the other things that I'd heard, you had people who facilitated a lot of this who would say like, oh, you know, well, like they were acting above their years or they were acting older. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, that doesn't fucking matter. A 14 no. year old is a 14 year old. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they looked like, what they were acting like, anything else. How he developed they were does not matter. advantage of them. So Kelly's attorney, Steve Greenberg, refuted the allegations saying... It's a bunch of disgruntled people looking for their 15 minutes of TMZ fame. And while referring to the Me Too movement, he says, I believe that all these women did exactly what they wanted to do, because now that there's some hashtag, that's not going to change. Well, well, very disrespectful. Yeah, Um, it's just completely disregarding anybody who's come forward with any sort of allegations and trying to tell their story. And from what I've seen, I mean, there is no doubting these women like no. they're th- like they're very obviously traumatized yes. like very clearly traumatized yes. so uh, i don't see how you watch a person trying to tell a story like that with that much emotion and and assume that they're lying mental gymnastics yeah i, I mean especially yeah. with attorneys it's like or you money. Know, they've got to yeah they've got to figure out a way to make this guy come off in a certain way, so he's just gonna, you know... Yeah, that's how they make their money, man. Refute, like, refute, you which know? Which is such bullshit. Well, R. Kelly's daughter also came out with a really long Instagram story because she's kind of remained quiet for a long time about it, and she kind of, like, apologized. She said, I'm sorry if my silence has come off as me not caring Supporting or not caring. Him. Yeah, and so her name is Buku Abi, who used to be uh, Joanne Kelly. She calls her father a monster on her Instagram story and says that she, too, is a victim. She says, I'm well aware of who and what he is. I grew up in that house. My choice to not speak on him and what he does is for my peace of mind, my emotional state, and for my healing. And she, you know, her her mother was a victim. Almost she killed was a by victim. him. Yeah, like, he like, almost killed her. Yeah, it's like, it is hard on all of those people that he has hurt and affected. And while I think it's great that people, that there are so many people who come out and are able to speak on it, we also have to be respectful of the pain that it takes that they're... And some I people mean, can't and her, won't. His daughter. Right. That's hard. It's super hard. And like... She doesn't owe us anything. No, she you know doesn't. what I mean. Like, I'm glad that she came forward too. and spoke, and I'm glad that she did what she did. But I don't, ex- I, I don't hold anything against her for not doing more. I think that what's important is for her to protect her mother, herself, her family, and to focus on how she's going to get through this time because the media has really re-upped on this whole thing. Um, within the last few weeks since this documentary came out. And so she really does have to protect herself right now and make sure that she's being taken care of. And the other thing that's been frustrating to me, so we posted for our Man Crush Monday 
uh, John Legend. I right. said John Lennon. John Legend. <laughs> and people in the comments, if you were saying, like, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy who's done all of these things? We need to stop the whataboutisms, like, uh, truly. Because by by shining a light on one person, we are hoping that this creates a movement that will then shine the light on all of these other people. We're not saying that this is the only guy who's ever done it, and we only need to focus on R. Kelly and yada, yada, yada. We gotta start somewhere, That's not dude. the like, intention. We have to start it's, somewhere. It's like Weinstein. It all started with Weinstein. It's and a then, house of cards, man. And then things Not to started, make a Kevin Spacey joke. I was just going to say, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it is. It's a house of cards. Keegan, it's like, with it's, the burns. It's all going to fall down. Yeah, so it's like once, I mean, once Weinstein started being taken down, all these other things started coming out and being taken seriously, and it was a domino effect, and we need it to happen across all you know, career paths and mm-hmm. lifestyles and classes. Right. So if this can help... Young black girls especially have a voice with their allegations mm-hmm. because the Me Too movement, I really feel like, although it was started by a black woman, it kind of turned into Time's Up and all these things. It, it was co-opted this, by white people very it quickly. It turned yeah. into this kind of white cultured kind of thing. And I feel like, once again, what was started with good intentions, much like the abolitionist movement where you know feminism was such a big part of it and it had such good intentions, it did really turn to a very white space. So I'm hoping that now that we're kind of bringing up this conversation about what is happening to black girls in America and around the world, that it can start to create that domino right. effect of real of of humanizing these people and these girls. Right. And having a, and allowing it to open up into other um, conversations, because like we need to shine a light on sexual abuse in and, and domestic violence and abuse in native yeah as far as like native american women oh, go we because definitely do. that's something that's not being talked about enough no. like all of these conversations need to be have had and trust me i am of a burn it all down mentality yeah. i am like i'm yeah. just like yeah fucking burn it all down yeah all Let's these people need to go up all the books of secrets yeah. Let's do it i'm with you on that but yeah. i do think it is not helping the conversation to do this thing where we're like, well, what about this? What about that? It's yeah. a derailing tactic. We need to focus on this right now. And if yeah. you want to start your own thing about something else, that's fine. Right. But yeah. this is about this. Like, yes. this is what we're talking about yes. right now. And I want all these fuckers got. Trust me, exactly. I do. Exactly, but, but, like, but we have to pay our dues. And, like, it's it's nice to see that there has been a progression in the things that we are willing to talk about. And we need these big things like this documentary to happen in order to start that conversation. Right. We need to focus on something right now and then have that be a platform for then something else and something else and something else to continue to build off of it. Right. Not saying that one is more important than the other because that's not the case. Everybody's right. pain and everybody's abuse is on the same level. Right. Yeah. Real. This isn't the oppression Olympics. Like, we're not trying no. to figure out who is more traumatized. No. Who do we have to focus on right. first? You yeah. know, it's yeah. just that this ha- this came out, this happened, we're focusing on this right now and then hopefully it it really will just continue to be this forward movement of discussing more and more um minorities who are being hurt and right. nobody cares yes yeah. yeah and i do want to touch on like listen 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 as a child of the 90s as a black girl from the 90s who that those were my formative years yeah i get it that like it is difficult to dissociate yourself from 
those memories of like R. Kelly's music. I yeah. mean, in a lot of ways, and for a lot of us, I think it was the soundtrack of our childhood. Yeah. In in many ways, and it's it's very hard. It's the same thing with Bill Cosby. It's very very difficult to to remove yourself from something it that is. was instrumental to your upbringing. And at the same time, it's so tainted. Like, if those songs were to come on the radio or on my Spotify or anything like that, like, listening to it takes on a whole other meaning where it, like, even if I didn't want it to be tainted, it would be tainted. Like, in my mind, right. at least, it well, would still be like, oh, I can't. Right. Like, I mean, it, it's true. And, like, I was at karaoke last night, and the KJ was like, I'm not going to play any R. Kelly, so don't ask. Yeah, like, I you know? loved Ignition. Like, that's of course, that song everyone where, like, did. Everyone yeah. did. And that's the hard one that's gonna, that's the one that's gonna be difficult to remove from your, and for me, also, I believe I can fly when I was a yeah. kid. Like, everyone sang that. It yeah. was huge. But you know what? These girls are more important. They are. Than a song. Which is why um, you are Kelly. <laughs> yeah, there are a million good songs from the 90s. We're yep. just gonna have to We're get more creative. To, yeah, you okay? know what, guys? You're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Deal with it and move on, guys. You don't need his music. You don't need his music. Because I did hear after the um, documentary series came out, he had a spike in listens. I know. Jada Pinkett Smith was like, nah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Seriously, what the fuck? We need to be spiking up, like, Aaliyah's music. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I'm hoping that, like... That spike was just you guys getting it out of your system, because uh, or like curiosity's sake, because yeah. there's probably people watching it who weren't big R. Kelly fans who are like, oh yeah, let me go look at it. But hopefully, it's a spike and then a plummet. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for here. He still has an Instagram. He's turned off all all the comments on all of his posts. I went and looked because I was like curious. Right now, but he he still hasn't. I'm like, I would have shut all my social media down, but that just goes to show what an arrogant piece of shit he is. Yeah. Um, and there's probably a lot of people that are following him now, too, because they're, like... Curious to see what's going to happen. They want to know. Yeah, they want to see how like, he's reacting to it. He still has, like, 2 million or something Instagram He's followers. got 1.2 million. Ooh, he's got less than when I looked last time. Good. That is great. I'm glad about that. I'm not going to follow him. I'm stalking him right now, but I'm not going to Oh, yeah, I, I go and check periodically, but yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I hope he gets arrested soon. I know that in Georgia they have filed something. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that. Definitely. I hope 2019 is the year that he gets locked up. I hope it's the year that Kevin Spacey gets locked up. For real. He went to a hearing um, recently, and I didn't do a ton of research on this, but this man... Talk about kill your heroes, man, because yeah. I loved Kevin Spacey, and the more I'm learning about him, the more I'm like, oh, no, you're an actual monster yeah, piece of shit. Like, for real. He, he, okay, so TMZ reporters were camped out outside of Kevin Spacey's house, uh-huh. and he took them pizza in a hat that he had made that said retired since 2017 on it, because... He hasn't had been out, been able to work since then. But it's like so <sighs> what arrogant. Was you? It's so what was you? well. He did it like as a joke. Like yeah. he thinks this is funny, and like no. that's the funny. most disgustingly arrogant thing you could do. You have yeah. no remorse yeah. at all. And these were boys. Yeah, like children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I hope twenty twenty nineteen is the year of just like burn it down, burn, burn it, it down, down. I hope everybody they lock them up. So the, the people we should actually be locking up, exactly. not Hillary Clinton. My exactly. God. Okay, so the only other thing that I have, and this was a while ago, and we did post it to our... Did you just hear my stomach? your stomach growling? <laughs> Hungry? Yes. Um, we did post this to our story, but I feel like we still need to talk about it, because we've talked about it previously yeah. on another episode. Yeah. Um, 
On another episode, we discussed how Sintoya Brown was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 51 years. We talked about how there was a possibility that the governor of Tennessee could grant her clemency. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't really seem like a huge likelihood. The governor, Bill Haslam, is a Republican. Yeah, he Um, kind of was, he was cornered, right? Like somebody had mentioned it and he kind of like... Yeah, and so to me, I I know that I expressed that I thought it was kind of just lip service. Yeah. But the pressure may have gotten to him because he did, in fact, grant Centoya Brown clemency. So after 15 years behind bars and being sentenced to life in prison without possibly parole. Yeah, yeah. 15 years behind bars. Since she was a child. Yeah, she's 30 now. Yeah. She is set to be released with parole supervision uh, on August 7th. Yeah. So... Which is still... God, that's gotta suck. You're just like, I gotta wait till August. Like, I'm getting out. Which is gotta feel great because there's an end in sight but you're still just like, oh my god, now the countdown starts. Oh my god, get me out of here. Right. And like... I think they waited till August 7th because that makes it exactly 15 years. Uh-huh. And from what I've <laughs> seen... Kind of make it exact, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's important. Um, and from what I've seen, I think they're going to be... I mean, she spent all of her adult life in prison, so yeah. I think they're going to be there's, spending the coming months preparing her. They've got to prepare her. For I mean, what like, life is going to be like. There's just such a reality shock, you know, yeah. coming into... Especially, like... A lot has happened in 15 years, right. guys. A lot has changed, like, just in our technology, in our media, like, so many things. And I'm sure she is kind of in touch with that just from what's going on. Like, she's aware. Right. She's been but, exposed to it. I mean, you have access to computers and things. Yeah. And, um, she I mean, has, she went to college. She right. got a degree. And I think that's really great. And I'm hoping that she, especially with the uh, the name that she's kind of built for herself, I'm hoping that somebody will give her a job. You right, know? yeah. I mean, she got her GED behind bars. She also got her associates, and she is working towards getting her bachelor's right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm hoping that the future's pretty bright for her. Yeah. She's very smart, it seems like, and when we're having this conversation, it's, it's kind of an interesting conversation to have right after the conversation about R. Kelly, because they're kind of hand in hand yeah. in the way that we treat our black girls. Yeah. I also believe that if anyone's seen the picture of Centoya Brown when she was arrested, she's yeah. a child. She's, she's a child. got her hair in pigtails. Yeah. I have a very hard time believing that a white blonde girl in the same situation would have been... Can you picture a white blonde girl in pigtails with their mugshot? And right. Then, or, or just in, get her out of there. in court, in, like, yeah. in her... Um, jumpsuit her prison jumpsuit like it looks wrong it looks wrong and i have no doubt that a white blonde girl in pigtails in a prison jumpsuit in the same circumstances where they killed a man twice their age who had bought them for sex yeah i have a really hard time believing that (laughs) that girl would have gotten the same treatment as Antonia brown it kind of makes me think of orange is the new black where you see like a lot of the white women in the prison that get, have a lot of, like, supporters on the outside who are, like, vouching for them and trying to get them out. Right. And, you, and you don't see the same thing because we we sexualize black girls. We assume somehow that they've made this this position for themselves. Yeah, even we, though we would never think that. No, we, we think girl. of them as being both black girls and black boys are seen as more mature yeah. um, and older when they're children. Yeah. They're children. Yeah. So... I'm really happy for and her. And Centoya Brown had such a rough childhood. I mean, exactly. like, she was, born, she was born right off the bat with issues. Her mother was a heavy drinker. She had fetal she, alcohol syndrome. Yeah, it's like, it's not 
you know, she was set up a certain way and lived such an awful life, so full of abuse. Right. Where it's like, we, we should be empathetic to this girl and helping her in a way, not punishing this her. This was a 15-year-old whose brain was not developed it properly enough, and the amount that it it was developed, it, it grew in an environment of trauma and violence yeah. and abuse. Yeah. So there's no way that she was really mentally culpable. Yeah. You know. Okay, so she did write a letter whenever she found out she was granted uh, clemency. Mm-hmm. And so her public statement reads, Thank you, Governor Haslam, for your act of mercy in giving me a second chance. I will do everything I can to justify your faith in me. I want to thank those at the Tennessee Department of Corrections who saw something in me worth salvaging, especially Miss Connie Seabrooks, for allowing me to participate in a Lipscomb Life program. It changed my life. I am also grateful to those at the Tennessee Department of Corrections who will work with me over the next several months to help me in the transition from prison to the free world. Thank you to Dr. Richard Good and Dr. Katie Watkins and all of you at Lipscomb University for opening up a new world for me. I have one course left to finish my bachelor's degree, which I will complete in May of 2019. I am thankful for all the support, prayers, and encouragement I have received. We truly serve a God of second chances and new beginnings. The Lord has held my hand this whole time, and I would never have made it without Him. Let today be a testament to His saving grace. Thank you to my family for being a backbone these past 14 years. I am thankful to my lawyers and their staffs and all the others who, for the last decade, have freely given of their time and expertise to help me get to this day. I love you all and will be forever grateful. With God's help, I am committed to live the rest of my life helping others, especially young people. My hope is to help other young girls avoid ending up where I have been. Thank you. So I know that was long, but I wanted oh, to read it because she's so smart and like she's yeah. just come so far yeah. and I'm just My so God. happy. And what I'm very emotional force. today. What a force. Yeah. I mean, she's going to do great things. She's going to do great things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, that's in this world of shitty news after shitty news. Um, that is something that we there's, can. There's a small light. And knowing that there is somebody who's gone through that who really, truly wants to make a difference in the lives of others, I think is so meaningful and important and so needed right now. Right, yeah. It's so needed. Yeah. So, check one. Good guys. Okay, so I think that's all we got. I think that's all we have. Great. We did pretty good. Yeah, we did good. So I hope you guys enjoyed this extra long episode. Yeah. Um, Do you want to plug your live shows that are coming up from my state? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, My Worst Date, my other podcast, if you haven't given it a listen, it's pretty funny, not to toot my I, own horn. I loved the shorty episode that you did with the guys. Okay, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but, like, there's a point where this girl goes on a date that's awful, and then she comes back to his house, and he's like, you want to see my favorite, like, oh, piece of art? Yes. And it's... I'm like a, is it a painting or a drawing? I think it's a drawing. It's a drawing of like Hitler, Santa, and Jesus having a threesome. And I'm driving home from work. You're on to a this, first date. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? Dude, it's, I mean, honestly, truly, like. Is, isn't that when Cassie like went downstairs? She's like, I'm done. She does that frequently like, <laughs> because you just can't even with these people. You really can't. So, um, yeah, if you're into 
horrific dating stories. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, it's true, so good. true dating stories. Check out my other podcast, My Worst Date. If you are in the LA area, we are having a live show. We're having two live shows, February 8th and 9th, uh, in North Hollywood. You can get tickets at MyWorstDatePodcast.com. And you're doing it with, um, the first movie, night will movie be movies. yeah. The first night, so uh, February eighth, will be with Keep It Weird. They're going to mm-hmm. open up for us, so and they excited. have a really cool topic planned. Yeah, so I'm really excited about I'm that. Excited. And then our second night, uh, Boobies and Newbies, which is a romance podcast, yeah. a um, erotic fiction podcast, which is perfect for your which other is show fantastic. Too. And they're going to open for us on Saturday. And Madigan and I will actually be doing an episode with Boobies and Newbies, so we will let you guys know when that's coming up. Yeah. And this episode will be coming out on the 14th, so today is your last day to send in questions for our Ask Me Anything episode. Yeah, we've had some really amazing ones. We've gotten a few since you made that sheet. Yeah, we'll add to it, yeah. So I'm going to make sure I go through and and get all of the questions. I think it's going to be a really, really great episode. I'm so excited to share this anniversary. I, yes. found, I saw today on Time Hop that I shared our like logo for the first time yeah. a year ago today uh, to kind of amp people up for the show. Um, it's so exciting. I'm really happy yeah, about it. Yeah, me too. We'll have um, champagne. We'll drink champagne We're gonna while we record. We're going to for sure drink champagne. Yeah. And it's going to be a good, good time. So if you have, if you haven't done it and you have questions or you just want to get something out there, be sure today to write to us, um, today being January 14th, in case you're listening on another day, um, it would be great to have all of those questions for you guys. You can email them to us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. You can also catch us on Twitter if you feel like it. We are at Yamp Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. You can listen to us on Radio Public. Um... Oh, did you see that on Audio Boom they were saying that they're no longer doing Google Play? Yeah, I did, and I was getting some questions about that from people who listened on Google Play. I'm not sure what that's about. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's an Audio Boom thing or if Google Play yeah. is doing something about podcasts. Yeah, we'll look. At, we'll make um, sure that we look into a way to. I know that Google tried to make their own podcasting like app, so maybe that's maybe what it is. They're maybe. trying to take it off of Google Play and onto their own podcasting app. But okay. we'll, we'll take a look at that. And I just want to reiterate that your Ask Me Anything questions can truly be anything. We've yeah. gotten heavy questions, light questions, basic questions, feminism questions, um, questions about our relationship. So yeah. you can really send us anything. Yeah. We're happy to answer any of your questions. Any of them. So, um, yeah. Also, we haven't gotten any pets recently for Feminist Pet Friday. So please be sure to send in pictures of your pets Give us a little something about them. We'll add a fun little caption and put, we will feature them for Feminist Pet Friday, which I think is really fun because everybody loves pets. I have, we'll probably do my cat next Friday. I was going to post him last Friday, but I was like, got home from traveling. I want to do do Haley's dog too. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I think that's, I think we've covered everything that we need to cover. Oh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. So, so helpful if you haven't done it. Please do it. It really means a lot to us. I think that's everything. So with all that being said, we encourage you to To rage on. Bye. Bye. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence 
is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.